This podcast is a production of Journey, a church community inspiring people to live big. For more information, please visit cincyjourney.org. Good morning. My name is Joe Merrick, and I'm the pastor here at Journey Church. So excited to have you with us here on this Mother's Day. To all the moms this morning, I want to make sure that I am one of the many who say happy Mother's Day to you. We are thrilled that you are here with us today. Uh, hey, uh, as before we jump into uh, our talk for today, I want to encourage everybody to reach into the seat back in front of them, uh, as well as to look at your program. You can find many announcements in the program there, especially information on, um, yes, the Connect card, sorry. Uh, the Connect card is uh, an important piece of paper for us. It lets us know, A, that you're here, uh, and, and B, also, there's so many things that you can share with us, prayer requests, decisions you've made, other things uh, that you want us to know about. So please take a moment and fill that out today uh, and drop it in the offering bags as they go by at the end of our time together, or you can drop it in a basket uh, at one of the main doors. With that, let me just pray for us all today. Lord God, this morning we want to just take a, a moment right here in the beginning and say thank you to all the mothers in this room Thank you for all the blessings that you have bestowed uh, on so many through them. God, we celebrate them today, and we thank you for them. God, we don't forget, though, that this day is about you. This morning, we sang so many words of praise for you. We, we sang about how you reign, how there is no greater love than yours, how we owe everything to you how you're stronger, how you conquered all. Let those messages just resonate in our hearts today. Let those messages resonate in our hearts today as we open up our minds to what you have to say to us this morning. In your name we pray, amen. All right, well... Um, Again, happy Mother's Day. Uh, we want to celebrate that, and, and today we're not only celebrating Mother's Day, but we're going to talk about building strong families. And uh, when I think about what impresses me most about moms, it's that they are difference makers. Difference makers in, in so many ways, in so many lives. You ask somebody who you admire, uh, anyone really, and it doesn't take them long to get to their mom. When they're going down that list of people who uh, inspire them, people who uh, influence them, people who brought change to their life, on everyone's list, almost every time, is mom. And that's no coincidence because moms are difference makers. Whether it's having just the right word at just the right moment to shift our perspective, whether it's love and nurturing that we need in a particular moment, moms make a difference. As we begin to uh, talk about our, our building strong families today and celebrating mothers 
thought uh, some words from author and mom Amy Simpson about how powerful motherhood is would be appropriate this morning. Just listen to her words today. She says this, motherhood will make you richer in love than you ever thought possible. And love is powerful. Motherhood makes you tremendously vulnerable to a thousand new ways that your heart can be broken. It takes a very gutsy woman to live with that level of emotional exposure. Motherhood will deepen your emotional life and bring your feelings much closer to the surface. But laughing and crying easily doesn't mean you're falling apart. It just might hold you together when others do. Motherhood helps you appreciate the simplest things in life, but it will also help you think more deeply about them than you did before. Far from simple-minded, you will reach new levels of complexity. Motherhood might make you tired, but you'll have access to new sources of energy. Being a mom will transform your powers of observation and your excitement over what you notice. Being a mother changes your vision, opens a set of eyes you didn't know you had. And then lastly, she writes, being a mother will change the way you feel about God. Because it will change the way you imagine that God sees you. If God could see you the way you see your kids, she says, well, that is just really cool. I love being loved that way. Mothers are one powerful picture of God's relationship to us. I love that last line there, that mothers are a powerful picture of God's relationship to us. I love it because it's true. I love it because God and mothers have this unique way of loving and nurturing and building so many up. In honor today of so many strong mothers, I thought we would spend some time talking about building strong families. And really today, I have two principles about building strong families. And the first one is this. Number one, if we want to build strong families, we have to see them as a unit. Strong families see themselves as a unit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 12. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another and to someone else. That one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the ability to perform miracles. To another, the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another one is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. And then Paul adds, the human body 
has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body, and so it is with the body of Christ. Paul here says the body is a unit. Different parts, yes, but one body. This is a rather famous passage from Paul. We've talked about it uh, several times. And this idea of unity, of community, of togetherness, of a bond that ties us together is an important biblical theme. But it should also be a theme, an emphasis in our families. When I've read this passage, and I've read it several times, one of the things that strikes me, and especially it struck me this week as I was reading this passage, is this. Paul writes so freely, so eloquently, so beautifully, so naturally about a topic that does not come naturally to us. Think about that for a a moment. Our society is increasingly individualistic. We we think of ourselves more and more. It's our health and our mood and our agenda and our time and our schedules and our clothes. And the list goes on and on and on. What stays the same is the focus is on us. Someone asks, how are things going? How are things going? And we rarely think to respond beyond our own personal agenda and how our life is developing. And I just wonder, if you ask the Apostle Paul that question, would he respond differently? Would he have a different focus? Would he respond with kind of, uh, well, this is what's happening in my life, and I'm headed here, and I'm doing this, and this is my agenda, and this is how it's advancing? That's not how he writes here. I think he would uh, turn the attention to the church he was at, to the community he was building, to what was going on in the whole. We rarely do that. And so maybe there is something here we can learn about building strong families. Namely, that strong families see themselves as a unit, not individuals. Not just individuals. In his book, uh, Rumors from Another World, Philip Yancey tells this story. He talks about Jesse Jackson visiting the University of Mississippi. I'm sorry, Southern Mississippi. He's touring the campus. He's with uh, the president of the university. They're walking around, seeing all the buildings and, and just the beauty of the campus. And he sees something strange He sees this uh, giant of a basketball player in his uh, warm-up suit. He's six foot, eight inches tall, and he's holding the hand of someone who is barely uh, just a little over three feet tall. He kind of, it just, the oddity of the picture kind of captures him, and he just watches it for a moment. And eventually, after they walk down a little bit, uh, the, the big basketball player picks up this little person, kisses her on the head, and then sends her off to class. The president goes on to explain. He said that um, their parents had died when they were young. They were brother and sister. 
A lot of schools offered him a a basketball scholarship because he's so tall, he's so talented, he he was really a top prospect, but we were the only one to offer his uh, sister a scholarship as well. And when his parents died, he made a vow that he would take care of his sister. So Mr. Jackson went up to the man and he said, you know, I just, I really admire how you're taking care of your sister and all of this. And he just shrugged. He says, those of us who God makes 6'8 have to look out for those he made 3'3. Three, three. Now there's someone who thought like Paul. Who thought like Paul. Who thought beyond themselves. Who had a we focus rather than a me focus. Strong families see themselves as a unit. They can't separate out one success and another struggles. They see their responsibility to the whole. They see how their choices and the choices of others affect not just them, but everyone. In short, they see the world through we glasses It affects every decision, every choice. It affects every response. Second thing strong families do is they value individual gifts. They value individual gifts. Now, perhaps this morning you're saying, well, wait a second. You just said that we need to kind of get beyond some of our own individualistic understanding. We need to think about the the unit, the family as a whole. We need to put that above ourselves. This seems like a contradiction. But wait. Paul addresses this as well in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 17 through 20. Paul says this. If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies, they have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but one body Here, Paul is declaring that while we focus on the whole, while we focus on the unit, the family, and we put it first, that doesn't mean that we don't value, we don't celebrate individual gifts and abilities. Maybe uh, you remember uh, the Pixar movie, The Incredibles, are really movies now. The plot goes something like this. There's Bob and Helen, they're superheroes, and most of the world has now been rid of most of the villains, and so they don't know what to do with the superheroes anymore because when they save things uh, and people, they also kind of destroy buildings and, and, and do all that kind of stuff, and so they create the superhero relocation program, and they're supposed to kind of go live normal lives, but they have a problem with that because they're not normal people. Bob works a boring insurance job. They got three kids. Then the world gets in trouble again. And what they discover, what they discover is that each of the uh, people in the family, the, the husband, the wife, the kids, they all have special gifts and they're all different. And when they work together, they can do even more incredible things. It's kind of the picture 
Paul is drawing here of the body. Maybe you're not a movie fan. Maybe you're a musician and you've used a tuning fork. That thing that has two prongs and you kind of hit it against something and then it produces a perfect tune that then you try and reproduce in your instrument. Did you know that if you muffle even one side just a little bit, the tune goes away completely. The two sides, they have to be perfectly in sync to make the tone. That is what Paul is describing in 1 Corinthians 12. He says we all have a part to play. We all have individual gifts and skills. We have a specific role, and we have to perform it for the body to function properly, for the family to function properly. Same is true with the family. You have to recognize the individual gifts and talents of each member and encourage those gifts. Celebrate them and how they contribute to the whole. So now we kind of have these two principles that, that Paul teaches us that Paul teaches us here in 1 Corinthians 12 that we have to uh, put the, the unit, we have to see the families uh, as a unit, and that has to take priority over just our individual concerns. And we have to celebrate and, and encourage individual gifts and talents. Now that we kind of have those two principles, what I want to do with our remaining time is talk about three challenges we often face. Three challenges we often face when it comes to building strong families. Challenge number one is this. You think of me before we. You think of me before we. This first challenge is so obvious. It's so obvious it's right there in front of us. But one of the things that I have learned in in my life in years of teaching is that just because something is obvious, just because we can all agree on it, just because it makes perfect sense, like uh, prioritizing the family to make it a, a stronger, doesn't mean that we're actually doing it. Right? I mean, we can, we can recognize that just because it's obvious, it doesn't mean that we're really doing it. We know that a strong family happens because we make it a priority, but nearly everything in our society tells us to put ourselves first. And that's what we wanted to do in the first place. So how do we kind of shift our thinking? How do we shift our behavior? There are several probably ways to do that. I have two for you this morning. Two two ways. First is this, seek to understand the we, to think about the we, to understand the we. Take a few minutes each day to understand how your spouse, how your kids are experiencing uh, life in that moment, how they're experiencing choices and decisions, how they're experiencing the future, how they're looking at uh, the current situation we gotta, also, we got to learn to listen for those perspectives. we got to learn to uh, train our ears 
to listen to how they're interpreting, how they're experiencing what's going on because we're really good at seeing how it affects us. We're really good at kind of focusing in on, on what it, the ways that decisions affect us and how we're experiencing it. We're not so good at seeing how it affects others. Second way that we can put the we before me is that when conflict arises, as it inevitably will in a family, when conflict arises, we've got to stop and ask, what is my contribution? What is my contribution to this? Because we're quick to see the faults in other people, but we are slow to see it in ourselves. Jesus describes it this way. He talks about uh, seeing the speck in a brother's eye. And all the while we have a plank, a board, a, a piece of a tree in our own. He says the picture is ridiculous. Finally, the way that both of these work, and really the biggest challenge to putting the, the we before the me is that it takes work that it doesn't come easy to us, that it doesn't come naturally to us. So we have to be intentional about it. We have to develop the habit, the habit of thinking of others. And as we do it, it gets easier and easier. Second challenge. Second challenge to building strong families that we often face is this. We see everyone else's gifts and talents but we don't see our own. We see everybody else's gifts, how they're contributing to the family, all the things that they're doing, but we don't feel like we are doing much. We don't see our own. This can be a pain point for many families. This is the basis for insecurities, for jealousy. And when we look around and we see all that someone else is doing and we don't feel like we are contributing this is you, hear Paul's words. The body has many parts. How strange the body would be if it was made up of all the same part. We have individual gifts and abilities that God has given us, and they all matter. A 10-year study of uh, the difference between happy families and unhappy families reveals this. Here's the things that they do differently. Uh, happy families talk more to each other. They talk more to each other. They reflect back key pieces of information. They show sensitivity to each other's feelings. And they realize the importance of just the things that don't get said, the nonverbal pieces of communication. One of the ways... One of the ways that we can strengthen our families and combat this challenge is by clearly communicating to every member of the family how uniquely important they are. Now, this is Mother's Day. No mom should escape today without understanding how uniquely important they are, not just to the family, but to so many people. We need to celebrate that. We, we need to not let this day slip by without mentioning those things and being specific about it. 
We want to celebrate all of that, but we also don't want to forget that this isn't just a kind of once-a-year conversation. This is a conversation that needs to happen again and again in our families. If we really want to build strong families, we've got to make this a constant part of our family discussions. Challenge number three that we face when it comes to building strong families is we don't properly recognize the gifts of others. This is the opposite of the last challenge we had. In the last challenge, we we didn't uh, understand our own gifts. Now we're not recognizing the gifts of other people. This is where resentment gets built up. We don't recognize the gifts of others, and we feel like we're doing everything ourselves. We're carrying the whole weight of the family. Paul has something to say about this as well. He says, the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And then in verse 18, he adds, our bodies have many parts, and God has put each just where he wants it. When the family goes through a sudden loss, when that happens and there's a sudden loss, everyone wishes that they could have an opportunity to express how important that person was to the family how irreplaceable that person was. Why do we wait? Why do we wait? In fact, my my last challenge to you today is simply that. Don't wait. Don't wait to express uh, to the people who are so important to you how key they are, how important they are. Finally, just kind of a bonus, a bonus to us to, who have kids. This is really about building the next generation of strong families. I want to talk for just a, a moment here about the important idea of modeling. Whether your kids are young and throwing tantrums or they are old and they're really getting good at kind of ignoring that you're there, all of us need to hear this one idea All of them, the young ones, the middle ones, the old ones, they all pick up on what we prioritize today. They all pick up on what we prioritize today. And not just the things that we say we prioritize, but the places where we invest, the places that we uh, spend our time and our resources and our energy, they pick up on that. They just kind of absorb it. And as hard as it is to believe right now, the best indicator of what your kids will prioritize later is what you are prioritizing right now. So how do we prioritize the right things so that we can make a difference in generations to come? How do we prioritize the we and not just the me? How do we prioritize recognizing and celebrating everyone's gifts and abilities? Let's take some time today and pray for that. Lord, you have given us wonderful examples of your love and your grace in the mothers around us. 
And we celebrate that and we thank you for that, God. And today, as we turn our attention, as we turn our focus onto building strong families, God, something that you want for us all. If we open up Paul's words in 1 Corinthians and we see uh, all this language about uh, the body of Christ and, and how that then applies to our families and how we have to see the whole and not just ourselves, God, that is hard. That is hard in our world today. That is hard in our world today that is so focused on putting ourselves first. It's hard when that comes so naturally to us to put our agendas in, our schedules in, and us before anything else. But God, you're the example. You're the example in your son. That's what we've been singing about and celebrating all day today of putting others before us. We see that example again and again in mothers, and God, we celebrate that, and we ask, can we all be challenged? Can we all be challenged today to just do that a little better? Can we be challenged this morning to look at our families and see how each person contributes gifts and abilities and strengths can we recognize it can we celebrate it can we call it out can we encourage it God we can do better at that we know if we're doing those things God we're taking steps towards building a stronger family God help us to do all of those things today your wonderful and holy name we pray. Amen.